Hello, everyone, and welcome to the preseason power rankings for the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which is now in its 14th season for the 2022 to 2023 fantasy football season. The first thing I want to say, guys, is a big thank you for each and every single one of you for showing up in person to the draft this year. This marked year 14, which at this point is now over 50% of our lives for the people that started off in the league. And that number is going to continue to increase for everybody else as well. It was amazing to have everyone there. I know I sent a message in the group chat, but I can remember one day sitting in my basement with Jake and we were talking about the idea of fantasy football. I was like, let's start a league. And during that time, we had a conversation, and I remember telling Jake, I said, how cool would it be if in 50 years, like we're old, 50-year-old guys, and we've been playing fantasy football for 40 seasons, and we're talking about season after season and thing after thing happening, and to see year 14, all 10 of us be there, it was truly amazing that you know something I had set out to do many, many years ago has come to fruition, and each year, we really make an effort of getting together in person to do this, uh, which I always just find to be so amazing. And I'm ready for another 14 more years of doing this and 14 more. We've had our first League of Extraordinary Gentlemen baby in the league. Congratulations, J.O. and Juliana to baby Luca, who will now be the first heir in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen as well. So exciting times for our league. And it's amazing, guys. You know, not a lot of leagues are, are like this. You know, each year, I think all of us are probably asked to do not one, not two, not three, not four, but probably five different fantasy leagues. And the fact that this one is still the most special for each and every person in this league is, is just really cool to see. And you know, we try to go above and beyond to, to make each draft day special. Thank you, Jake, for having your mom put together the Team Mom Award uh, and that video. So if we can get that video posted in the group chat, that would be great. I know GroupMe has some issues with longer videos, but let's try to figure out a way to get that done. But, you know, it's about making each year special and, you know, looking forward to already getting together next year at uh, not the world's hottest and sweatiest draft ever. Uh, this year, the draft was held at Lily's in Chicago, which had us all. Thank you, Ben Stiller. That is true. We were all sweating like grease monkeys out there at Lily's. Uh, it was about 115 degrees in there with humidity. Uh, it was hard to eat and drink next year. We will make sure that we are going to have the most air-conditioned draft of all time. I want to see each and every single person in a parka. So maybe we go to Alaska for the draft next year. But Let's uh, already start planning what the plan is for next year. But let's go ahead and get into the preseason power rankings here for the 2022-2023 fantasy football season. And my plan is that each and every single month, I'll release new power rankings. So, you know, give or take every three to four weeks, we'll have new power rankings with new updates. And I think I'm going to go with a new format this year as well for how I'm introducing the power rankings. And Maybe week to week, I'll play around with that format, uh, you know, kind of like how I typically do. But I think I've only ever gone 10 to 1 or 1 to 10. And this year, I think I'm going to start off, especially for the power rankings, we're going to start off in the middle. 
And then we're going to work our way to introducing the 10 and one spot. I think as everybody listens to the power rankings, everyone's always wanting to know who's in one, who's at 10. So let's go ahead and save that for the very, very end of the podcast. But starting off here at the number six spot is going to be myself. The returning champion comes back. Team Teddy's Tears comes back and has one of the better keepers as well with having Debo Samuel in round 10. And I still feel like I walked away with a pretty mediocre team here. That's hard to do. I think I had arguably one of the best keepers, if not definitely top three keeper option for the upcoming season coming off a championship. And I walk away with my team saying I'm right in the middle of the pack. Not a bad place to be, but not a great place to be. I'm able to go and get Devontae Adams and lock down my receiving core between him and Debo Samuel. And this is where I think I start to lose it a little bit is round two. I do go with DeAndre Swift. I went for a running back here. I'm not sure how confident I am in DeAndre Swift really being this, you know, top tier fantasy football back. I do have some reassurance after watching Hard Knocks from Deuce Staley saying he's got all the tools and makings of one of the best running backs he's seen. So that's exciting for me. But walking away post-draft, I don't know how I felt about that. I come back in round three for Jalen Waddle. I still don't believe in Tua Tagliavoa. Um, I'm not sure how great he is. And I do think Waddle's a talented wide receiver, but we have Tyreek Hill there eating up precious targets. Mike Gusecki eats up a ton of red zone targets. I think Jalen Waddle is a little bit of a stretch there. I mean, I do think he's going to be a good flex option for me. I do lock down the tight end position with Kyle Pitts. I think Kyle Pitts is only going to be better this year in Atlanta. No more Matt Ryan. I think the only place for him to go is up after a very, very great rookie season. So I do think he will be a top tier tight end option. Antonio Gibson, I think he's already fumbled in the preseason. I don't know how I feel about the Washington commanders overall. Carson Wentz, we have this conversation every year. Like he's kind of more or less a guy. Um, and he's really at the tail end of even being a starter in the NFL. Maybe he's, I, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of him and Gibson. I, he kind of screwed me over last year. Uh, so I went back to the well, I think, I got in my own head this year a little bit about, you know, having some of those fantasy football seasons where you draft a guy and then the next you say, like, I'll never take that guy again. They have this great, amazing year. And you're like, how did I not take him? Well, you know, I was scorned before. So I kind of talked myself into that one. Uh, my next couple picks were Amonra, Jalen Hurts, Tony Pollard, James Cook, um, and Devin Singletary and Dawson Knox. Uh, I drafted like all of Buffalo. Uh, so I have the whole Buffalo running back field plus another Buffalo tight end. I don't know why I wanted to have a second tight end um, when I could have gone after other running backs or wide receivers that could have probably helped me more. Not sure the thinking there behind going after Knox, but Knox is a good tight end. And, you know, maybe that gives me some trade bait for the future. Amonra, uh, now that I've seen hard knocks. Wow. I mean, the guy won me single handedly a championship last year. Um, so to see him in hard knocks dominating and being like a crazy person he needs to catch 200 balls and look like a Greek God. Cause his dad was Mr. Universe. I am relatively pretty excited about that. I will say that. So overall, I mean, I walk away from my team here saying I'm more or less in the middle of the pack, but we're a decent overall 
squad. That's it. That's all I really have to say about my team. At the number five spot, we have Mendo's team. I am not totally sure how I feel about your team. And to be honest, overall, as I was you know building out these power rankings for today, typically I walk away from the draft thinking that we have like nine solid, solid, awesome teams. Um, I would say overall this year is the first time I've looked at that draft board and said, I don't know if I believe in anybody's team, really. I, I mean, I think there's a couple good teams that are at the top, and I do think they kind of separate themselves. I think we have majority of the teams here sitting in kind of this limbo space where their team not being built correctly, um, if that would be the right terminology. Um, I, I just haven't really seen like the roster construction that I've seen in the years past post the draft. So uh, I actually feel less great about more teams this year than I ever have um, going through and doing these power rankings actually at probably any point in time. Um, so I think overall, like anybody could probably win this league this year, but you know, it was hard for me to construct these when I thought most teams weren't that great. With Mendo's team, he did have the best keeper um, at Cooper cup in the, what I believe to be the fifth round. Um, and obviously that was elite, right? Cooper Cup was by far and away the best fantasy player, the biggest fantasy player in making a difference last year. Um, can he come back? Can he beat out the Mendo curse? Probably not. I've already seen Matt Stafford immediately have some elbow and back and whatever else is going on for him. Not good. We've seen this story play out time after time again, where either Mendo's first round pick or his Keeper is basically in the hospital after uh, two days of the regular season and never plays again. Uh, I think it might happen again. I just think in this sense, what we're going to see from Cup is maybe a bad year for Matt Stafford that just directly affects Cup more than anything. You do double down and go and get the Rams running back as well, uh, Cam Akers in the fourth round. Obviously, Cam Akers has massive, massive superstar fantasy potential um, and he seems like a freak, right? He seems to be like made of the same stuff that Adrian Peterson's made out of. I mean, torn Achilles and he's back in like 12 weeks. I mean, the guy's a God, right? I mean, he's got to have some sort of like superhero muscle regeneration going on. So I, I do think the upside for this guy is, you know, literally running back one. But if Matt Stafford's hurt, how are the Rams overall? You know, are they really a team threatening to to repeat or, or where are we at with them? Um, you do go with Dalvin Cook and Stefan Diggs in the first two rounds. I, I mean, obviously, Cook's been one of the most solid fantasy players, um, you know, throughout the past few years. But I did see a stat recently that um, I, I believe no player over the age of 28 has finished in the top five of PPR running back standings or something like that. Um, I'd have to double check what that stat is, but I think Dalvin Cook would maybe be over that age limit of where we see. Maybe it was 28, maybe it was 26. You know, I'm just thinking of it off the top of my head, but I don't know if Cook can really overcome that, right? We've seen this happen time and time and again, that as these running backs continue to get more miles, they, they really do slow down here in the NFL. And it's about the young guys and having like a four-year window before they really slow down. Uh, obviously he's still a huge integral part of that offense and you do have Madison to back him up. So, you know, some good roster construction there. Stefan Diggs is, is going to be dominant, right? Like 
Josh Allen is just continuing to get better. That offense continues to get better. Love that pick. Uh, DJ Moore down in Carolina. Uh, he's going to have Baker Mayfield throwing to him. I think things can only get better. Like Baker is better than Sam Darnold. And I think maybe Baker is better than a lot of people give him credit for. I know our league gives Baker a lot of crap, but I, overall, I do think Baker is more solid. Don't love the pick of Miles Sanders. Looks like he's already hurt and possibly on the trade block. Um, you know, I'm not trying to factor that too much into the power rankings today, but you know, got to go with what you have here. And I, I'm not a, I was not a Miles Sanders guy prior to the draft either. Hunter Renfro, awesome, super solid guy. Um, I think Devonta Adams there only helps him, and I think he's just like a hundred catch wide receiver. So great for PPR. Uh, one of the more underrated players, Rashad Bateman. I've been told has of the upside of you know a probably top fifteen wide receiver. I don't know much about him. I didn't get to watch him too much last year because of his injury and then only playing six games. Uh, but obviously, some really great upside there. And then your quarterback is is Russ Wilson. I mean, Russ is awesome. He's our guy. He's always, you know, always has the possibility to be a QB1. So love that as well. And you back it up having Dak as well. So you got two good quarterback options moving forward for you. At the number seven spot, we have Colin's team here. And Colin goes pick 1-1, one, one, and he chooses Christian McCaffrey over Jonathan Taylor. I think most of the industry experts would say that Jonathan Taylor was the clear-cut number one pick. Obviously, CMC still has that top-tier number one overall fantasy player upside. As long as he's healthy, he averages like over 20 points a game, which is, you know, one of the biggest difference makers all within all of fantasy football. The question is, can he stay healthy? I don't know. We've seen back-to-back -back seasons here of him being hurt. Hard to know where we're going to be at with Christian McCaffrey moving forward. The upside is there, but can his body sustain? I'm not sure. Their second and third picks were uh, A.J. Brown and Ezekiel Elliott. I do like Brown, and apparently him and Hurts are like buddy-buddy, and that could be a great connection for them. And I think Hurts can really take the next step in his sort of quarterback career. I think Zeke is done. I think we have seen the best out of Ezekiel Elliott in the third round. I don't know if I would have been comfortable taking him there. I just think we've seen the miles really pile up on him and he's going to be a shell of himself. Now, do I think that means, you know, Tony Pollard's going to get 20 snaps a game? Absolutely not. I think we're going to see a true more running back by committee approach for Dallas this upcoming season. So I think good games ahead for both Zeke and good games ahead for both Tony Pollard. I just think it's going to be, more of like a split like we've seen in the past between like a James Conner and a Chase Edmonds or um, trying to think of like other good running black back splits that we've seen in the past. You know, Aaron Jones, uh, the other guy for Green Bay, A.J. Dillon that backs him up. Uh, so I think it will be more of that sort of like committee style approach for them. You get Darren Waller at the tight end spot, I do think Darren Waller might end up being the number one tight end in fantasy football. Uh, somebody's got to not see double coverage. And I think the guy that will see double coverage might be Devontae Adams at times. It will be Darren Waller and will sometimes might even be Hunter Renfro, depending on scheme. 
Um, so I do think it's going to be interesting, but I do think all three of them are going to have really good seasons and it is possible that, you know, a guy like Darren Waller walks away with like 15 to 20 touchdowns, um, you know, making him really propel to the top there. You do go get Jamar Chase as your keeper. Again, one of the best keeper options um, that was available and, you know, arguably what we saw wide receiver, number one, Joe Burrow only getting better. The Bengals getting better. Their offensive line getting better. Uh, you have to love that. You do get an AJ Dillon type. And, you know, I do think we'll see again, running back by committee in green Bay. And that that's going to be probably a common theme as we go throughout the power rankings, all these running back by committees that are going to happen. The days are gone of the true running back one approach. I think, as we move on in fantasy football too, I think this is something that we're just going to have to continue to get more used to. I think in 14 years from now, we'll probably be looking back, wishing and thinking about the days of the Ladanian Tomlinson's and um, all the other great backs, the Adrian Peterson's and, you know, the guys that really carried your team. I just don't think we're going to see that much moving forward. I think we're going to see a lot of, you know, 60, 40 splits or 70, 30 splits. You do get one of the most versatile players in Corderell Patterson. Um, you know, I do think last year was probably like the peak of what Corderell is able to do within an offense, uh, especially from a fantasy perspective. So I do think that was kind of more fluky, but I do think he should be a solid option for a few weeks as a flex play as well but I don't think he'll be leading their running backfield by any means. At the number four spot, we have Kressner's team. Now, Kressner, I got to give you some love on this preseason power rankings podcast here today because typically I'm always thrashing your team in the preseason, calling them boring, boring, boring. And not that I'm walking away from your draft going like, oh my God, this team's got so much upside. But I'm tired of ripping you and your team for being, you know, just standard, boring. Um, there's a lot of good upside here. And I, I think the way you draft just really puts your team in a great spot to win from week one and onward. And that's what we've seen the past few years is that this hold true draft ADP works really well for you. Um, I love Henry. I, I mean, I think he's, you know, truly one of the more freakish athletes that are in the NFL and somebody that should really kind of propel again. Um, I don't think he'll get the total volume that he's seen in the past, but I do still think that he's going to be good for like a touchdown a week and a hundred yards. So really solid get Aaron Jones. Um, I do, like I said, think he's going to be in a running back by committee, but he should still be a good approach. Terry McLaurin, I do think is going to take the leap up. I think we've seen him around like wide receiver 10 to 15. I think he could really jump to like one of the top five to seven receivers from a fantasy perspective. Mike Williams catching balls from probably the best arm in the NFL. Justin Herbert. Love that. You got the one of the best quarterbacks from fantasy perspective. Leonard Fournette was your keeper in round seven. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. I think he was just an okay keeper. I'm not thinking that's going to like, you know, change the game here by any means for you but i do think it's a good solid option and then one of the lower picks here that you had in round 11 was jacoby myers which was maybe a little bit early for him but we saw last year i mean this guy gets a lot of targets sees a lot of balls 
He just didn't see any red zone. I think that could just change. I think that was kind of fluky. What if that guy has 10 touchdowns? Like he's going to be a great option. So I do like the upside of that pick as well. At number eight, we go to team Brett. Team Brett at number eight. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Team Brett. I kind of liked Brett's team. Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. Yeah, Justin Jefferson. Number first pick. I love that pick. Best receiver in the game from a fantasy perspective outside of Cooper Cup last year, I believe. Um, I do think just overall, like the most upside, he's like a Randy Moss type wide receiver, you know, freak athlete, awesome at catching balls. His biggest hindrance is catching balls from Kirk Cousins, who stinks. I don't know how many years the Vikings have got to see Kirk Cousins before they want to like make a move. I don't love it. Coming number two, pick here. You go to Saquon Barkley. I think he's maybe one of the most overrated fantasy players um, that we've maybe seen in a long time. He's never healthy. And I don't really think we've seen enough from him to know that he's this great running back. But he gets propelled up because he's got all the physical stats, okay? I get it. He's got all the physical beings and makings of a great running back. But we have yet to see it come to fruition. That's shocking to me. So I don't love it. And then your next running backs there are James Conner and Kareem Hunt. So like your top two running backs are Saquon Barkley and James Conner. And your flex running back is Kareem Hunt. Now, if Kareem Hunt gets traded, sure, that's good for you. But like, are you really that confident that Barkley and Conner are going to be stud running backs to help your team? I mean, that's the number one thing. Like, I, I just don't like your running backs. Like, Melvin Gordon, Rashad White, Ronald Jones. I mean, pretty gross across the board at running back. Like, did you wake up that morning and think like, oh, man, I want to go get Rojo and Melvin Gordon, and I want to walk away today and be happy? There's just no way. I know if we were to have a sit-down one-on-one, you would hate it. This team stinks. You know it. I know it. We're both in agreement. I mean, I do like Herbert, and I do like some of the receivers you have between Evans, Judy, Devonta Smith. I do think there's good upside there, but I think your bench sucks. Uh, maybe Nico Collins is good, though. That's a great, like, kind of last-round dart. Um, Hawkinson, you know, more of like a 5-10 to 10 tight end. I just don't think – I don't think it seems very good. I don't think you'd even challenge that. Let me know in the in the group me if you think your team should be ranked higher. Because I don't think it should be. I don't think anybody would think it should be. Maybe his team should be ranked lower. To be honest with you. Don't love it. Kind of sucks. At number three, and I didn't mean to do this on purpose, but I do go to Team Jeff, the runner-up of last year. And I I mean, compared, you know, Jeff and Brett's team, it's it's a lot different. And we can I think this team can fly like an eagle and maybe make its way back into the playoffs. I do worry just overall that the fantasy gods are going to be coming for you, Jeff. Uh, I think you flew too close to the sun last year, and we might see a catastrophic type season from you because of that. You know, you got to the pinnacle of where you want to go, but fell short. 
I just got a feeling that this upcoming year could be bad for you. But overall, I mean, I like the team that you drafted here. I mean, getting JT at pick two, monster for you when he, you know, was probably the consensus pick one. You come back in round two and Alvin Kamara falls to you, uh, you know, due to some legal reasons there. And, you know, not a lot of us knew exactly what to do with him. And it looks like from what I'm seeing on Twitter that he's not going to be punished this year. So, you now get a running back that would go in round one, falls to you in round two, and you're sitting there with Jonathan Taylor, Alvin Kamara. I mean, that's going to be one of the best two running back punches in the NFL, let alone our fantasy league. Uh, that's about as good as it comes. So you catch a little luck there. Come back in the next few rounds, you get Pittman, Brown, Johnson, Cooper, Juju. You go five wide receivers in a row. Uh, you knew you had running back locked up because you had Elijah Mitchell, Jonathan Taylor, Alvin Kamara. What what do you need more than that, right? Let's take some stabs at run or let's take a stab at some wide receivers there. There are two good fantasy football wide receivers in there, guaranteed with those five guys. Do I think you have three? Eh, maybe. I know you got two. You take C E H in round eight. I I personally think he's just like not good. I think he's really not good. But I don't think like Kansas City is going to have anybody else that's going to be a better option. I, I think he's maybe got three good fantasy games in him this year. I Maybe less. I don't know. We haven't seen it. We, have, we've, we haven't even seen flashes of him being very good from a fantasy perspective. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess there's still upside there, right? Like, you know, first round pick. But I think that they maybe thought that too, right? They have some other guys there now, Rojo and, you know, you name it. I don't know. I don't like it. Brandon Ayuk, Bobby Trees, Naeem Hines. Yeah, this squad is nice. Like, it, I mean, you've got a lot of options here from flex perspective. You get Tom Brady at quarterback. You draft him in round 15. Uh, basically, you just let this draft fall into your hands. And I think you did a great job with it. Um, overall, your last pick of the draft here was Irv Smith. So you are going to struggle at tight end. You, you don't really have a tight end in place, but I do think overall with how many players you have on your team, that eventually you'll be able to move yourself into the conversation of getting a good tight end and, and you know, putting together that roster construction that you need. But this is what I was saying, you know, overall, like there were so many teams here that I walked away from going, I don't love the roster construction. I think overall, like we had a bad draft. I don't know if it was the heat in there or what, but like I feel like we maybe have like two kind of like top tier, top edge teams. And and really that's about it. At numero nine, we're getting near the very end. We got four last teams left over. At number nine, we have Jake's team. And Jake, first of all, thanks again to your mom for putting together the Team Mom Award, the original. Team Mom had Jake's mom on it. So to have her put together that video, thrashing Jeff for being horrible at fantasy was amazing. I loved every second of it. And I loved every second of your first four or five picks. And then after that, didn't really love it. I think, again, just like I said with Brett's team, if we were to sit and sit down, I don't think you're walking away from that draft saying, like, my team is fucking awesome i think you're walking away going like how did i lose it 
So you go Najee Harris, Tariq Hill, David Montgomery, George Kittle, Michael Thomas. Okay, let's break that down. Uh, Hill and Harris, I love it. Um, I think even with Tua, Hill is going to show that he is truly like one of the best wide receivers we've seen um, in a very long time. David Montgomery, I obviously is awesome. I just saw that he was on the NFL Top 100 last year. Um, you know, being a Bears fan, I, I do like him. I do think Khalil Herbert has some great upside to him as well. Uh, but we haven't seen Montgomery string together many healthy games in a row. So can he really be reliable? Can he be that thousand yard running back and 300 yards receiving 400 yards receiving? I don't think so. I don't think his body can hold up to it. So that's where I start seeing your team start coming downhill a bit. You get George Kittle who could be tight end number one, but again, he's got some injury stuff and, at times, we saw him kind of like not really be there within the offense. We see these peaks and valleys with him. Michael Thomas, we are hearing and seeing that, you know, he's maybe getting back to form. So that's scary. I thought Mendo for sure ended his career. Uh, I really thought we'd never see him play another snap again. So let's see what he's got in the tank. Who knows? Huge question mark, huge upside. Josh Jacobs. I think the Raiders are done with him. I think they want to move on from him. Who knows where he goes? Even if he stays with the Raiders, like what's his best case scenario? I'm not really sure. And we have a couple last things here. We have about 40 seconds before I have to stop this recording and add in a new recording. I just realized that I got, got a little red timer here. So I started worried. T Higgins. I thought T Higgins was one of the worst keepers in the league. Don't love him. I know he had a few good games last year, but not one of my favorites. Derek Carr in round 11. That was your first QB. Derek Carr? What? Trey Lance in round 13? Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of industry guys are hyped about him. I don't know. I don't see it. Who knows about him? Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and we'll jump back into the final three picks here on the next recording. All right, second recording here as I uh, went to the 30-minute mark on what Anchor allows me to record at once. So we just finished with Jake's team, and I'm sorry, Jake, if maybe got cut short there. So we will add in a couple of last color here as well on your team. You drafted Rashad Penny, and I got to tell you, prior to our draft, I was thinking Rashad Penny was a stellar, stellar pick. But what Brad did to you at Lily's there, I think Rashad Penny's done. It's over. I think that was a shitty pick. And I have and I have Penny in our other league too. Not great. Not great. Not making me feel good about that pick. Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore. Um, interesting. Interesting guy there in Arizona. Does Kyler take the step forward that we're looking to see from him after getting this contract? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, Kyler's good, but is he really that good? It's kind of like... You know where I'm at with it. At the number two spot, the number two overall spot, we're down to three final teams here. So I'm sure the anticipation is building. But at the number or at the number two spot here is J.O.'s team. Congratulations, Dad. You had a good draft. I think there were two good teams that really put together the structure of their team in a way that made a lot of sense. I think you're one of them. You go from Eckler to Chubb to Josh Allen, Robinson, and Godwin. Well, 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 my friends. That right there is a quarterback 
two starting wide receivers, two starting running backs. And I feel very confident about that. I know we didn't see much from Allen Robinson last year to make us feel confident in saying that he's a starting fantasy wide receiver. I think he was like wide receiver 60 to 80 last year. He was horrible. I watched all his games. He was dogging it, guys. Like he 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 wasn't running routes. He wasn't doing anything. I think he just hated Nagy, hated the offense, hated that he wouldn't see the ball no matter what he did. So I think he was just truly dogging it to get through to the next year, get a new contract, move on. Um, I, I think he's going to be back. Now, you know, question, how's Stafford's arm doing? I guess if Stafford's arm's not, maybe he's not a starting wide receiver. Chris Godwin, right, come back from there. Maybe he's not a starting wide receiver. But I, I got to tell you, like, those two guys, I've seen the talent out of both of them, pretty confident in both of them moving forward. You get Javante Williams, Gabriel Davis, Dalton Schultz. I think Dalton Schultz, definitely top 10 tight end, startable guy week after week. Um, Javante Williams, can he take the step forward? Can he be that starting top tier flex option for you? I think so. I think Melvin Gordon is fault fading, right? I think, I, I think he's fading to the back there, and I don't think we're going to see too much of him moving forward. I think Javante Williams is going to move up to like a 75-25 type split. Gabriel Davis, I think with Josh Allen's emergence, just getting better and better, I think he's going to be a solid option for you as well. And even if not, you got a couple other options here between Olav, Moore, and then where I really like you know, some of the construction on your team is you have some high upside running backs as well between Spiller, LJ and Mostert. Like those guys could really ascend to the top. And hey, maybe even Brian Robinson ascends to the top too. Like, like I said earlier, Antonio Gibson, where does he end up on that depth chart? Where does he end up on that split? That's going to be the interesting thing. But I, I do like just the way that overall this team is constructed here. I think you got the quarterback. I think you got great backs. I think you got enough upside from the wide receivers here to be a pretty good team moving forward. And you got all the good dad juju on your team as well, except you didn't draft juju. So maybe not. Who knows? Who knows where the season's going to go? Our final, final two people here are Reese and Mayhan. I'll take a minute here and pause on the podcast here and ask you all, where do you think each team is going to land up? And do you think Mayhan will be in the first or 10th spot? Or do you think Reese will be in the first or 10th spot? Give yourself five seconds here to think about that. And then I'll go into it. We'll build suspense that way. So at the number 10 spot, we have Reese's team and Reese I've been so excited for you. I think year after year, you're the one guy in this league that's like showing progress each year to move your way into the playoffs and get to a shot of winning this thing. I think we've seen new strategies from you, strategies that have worked, strategies that haven't worked. I think this year was one of those times where your strategy is just off, at least. I, I think we're off. You were one year too soon on the triumvirate which would have won you a league the year following. This year, I'm not sure what the strategy was, but you drafted four total running backs. Four total running backs. Those running backs were drafted in round four, six, 13, and 11. Those running backs are ETN, Dobbins, Damian Pierce, and James Robinson. Okay, ETN, injury history. J.K. Dobbins, injury history. James Robinson, 
injury history. All three of them were injured last year. And then you got Damian Pierce. How are those running backs supposed to be the backs that carry you to a championship or carry you into a winning position in this league? I like, I am not sure. I am not sure what the strategy here was. So maybe you went with like this zero RB approach. So let's take a look at the wide receivers. Your wide receivers should blow me out of the water. CD Lamb, Corden Sutton, Darnell Mooney, Alan Lazard, Brandon Cooks, top five wide receivers off the board for you. What? What? Like, if you go zero running back, I better be seeing, you know, the top tier of the top tier dogs when it comes to wide receivers. I do not see that right here. That does not strike me as top tier wide receivers. Okay, let's take a look at the quarterback position. We have Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers. Okay, solid, solid. You know, could both of them be good? Yeah, sure. Could Kyler really take the next step forward and be the top five quarterback? Sure. I don't know, though. Like, we haven't really seen it too much. He takes games off. I don't know. Uh, tight end, you do got Travis Kelsey, who's been like the number one tight end for year after year after year after year, right? Great offense to be number one. No more Tyree Kill. Maybe he gets even more, but he's also a year older. Like, let's not forget that. Travis Kelsey is now a year older. How does that play out for him? I'm not sure. So overall, I think I am fair in my assessment that I thought that this was the worst team and I didn't think it was necessarily close. Could I be wrong? 100%. I want your feedback. Let me know in the group chat, do you think you deserve to be last? And was this the strategy that you went into that draft day with of drafting no running backs and the running backs that you did draft were all injured last year? I am seriously very curious. At the number one spot to wrap up the preseason power rankings, we are approaching on 40 minutes, is Brad Mayhan's team he did it folks i like the way his roster is constructed not only that there were a few things that went on during this draft that really ascended him one he manages the excel spreadsheet as we go through in draft makes my life super super easy post draft to get those results in so i love that that's definitely a plus another plus here was in round seven Brad's on eBay buying a Kenneth Walker signed jersey, buys the jersey. Jake goes up one pick prior to him, puts Rashad Penny up on the draft board. Brad's already walking up with the Kenneth Walker sticker, puts it on and goes, hey, I bought the uh, Kenneth Walker signed jersey uh, five minutes ago. Boy, oh boy, does that sound like a superstar fantasy football player. I know he's dealing with, some sort of minor injury right now, but boy, could I see a giant year out of Kenneth Walker? I'm dreaming of it. I'm seeing it. I'm thinking about it. It just, the fantasy gods are going to like that. I just have a good feeling about it. I'll be drafting Walker in every subsequent league that I do. Um, as well as all of you should too, because I, I think that was like one of the biggest power moves we've ever seen in this league. I mean, talk about just dragging someone through the mud. Jake, you got dragged through the mud. Definitely why you were at the bottom of the preseason power rankings, no doubt. But outside of that, I mean, we had the change in the photo as well. 
we've now moved over to uh, Miss Mia. I mean, boy, Team Double D's. Oh, my Lord. He chooses the GOAT. I got to give him number one, folks. I don't even think it's up for debate. I think he's been dominating us for the past four weeks here. He's been outthinking us, outmaneuvering us. He's like been in handshake talks with the fantasy football gods. Like, what's it going to take this year? Okay, let me go and deliver on. I'll change my photo to Mia Khalifa. I will hop on and I'm going to buy a signed jersey of Walker before I even make the pick. I mean, I don't know. It feels like it should be a wrap, guys. And that's even with JL having a kid. Like, I, I think there's a little bit maybe more juju with Brad's team right now. I'm not sure. I do worry. I do think JL's team might have it. We've seen this happen in the past. Engagements. They work for championships. Babies? I don't know. TBD. TBD. We'll find out. But Brad, overall, construction of this team. First five picks. Mixon, Keenan Allen, Brees Hall, Lamar Jackson, DK Metcalf. What do I see there? I see two high upside running backs. Mixon really took a step forward last year. Really like what I saw. Keenan Allen, stud. Reese Hall, super high upside. Like what I've seen out of him so far. And that's kind of the juice that you need to win a championship, right? Who could be a league winner? Reese Hall could be that guy. Lamar Jackson, all it takes for him, man, is just like a good year. He's number one quarterback. You get DK Metcalf. Okay, Drew Locke, right? That's, that's tough. Geno Smith. Not great. But DK of Metcalf, maybe he gets some more screens. Maybe he gets some short underneath stuff that he can bust out, take down field, right? Like, I still think he could be a real big stud. Mark Andrews, obviously top tier tight end potential, could be in the top three. Uh, maybe even number one. Not too many tight ends you can say that about. Mark Andrews is one of those guys. Kenneth Walker already talked extensively about him. Every league, guys, every league. You want to win, give yourself a shot to win, go get him. DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, Michael Carter, Michael Gallup, Robbie Anderson. Um, I just see a lot of upside there within that sort of cluster of guys. All you need is a couple of them to hit and become those flex options for you or replacement options for bye weeks, for injury weeks. I think you've got that. Zamir White, I think Zamir White might end up being the number one back in Las, in Las Vegas. I don't think they like Josh Jacobs. I'm really, really convinced on that. I'm not positive they do. And that's it, guys. That wraps up the preseason power rankings. We're at about uh, encroaching on 45 minutes. So you got a lot to listen to today. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Again, thank you to each and every last single one of you for coming out, being there in person. Let's start planning towards next year. What do we want to do? Year 15. What do we want to do? Let's get together. Let's pick a place. Let's travel somewhere. Let's get it on the books, but appreciate each and every single one of you for making this league so special. That's why I take the time out to do these sort of things. So please listen and enjoy and each and every single day. Enjoy looking forward to year 14 guys. Thank you. And I'll see you all soon.